0: And good morning, everybody. It's amazing to to be able to worship together uh, virtually. um, And I pray that that through even online worship that you're experiencing the presence of the Lord in your home. And uh, that's a big deal. Um, It's a big deal to know that no matter where you go, you can have uh, 24/7 presence uh, that's actually the goal of why we do gather together so that you can be refreshed in in the largeness of God and his visceral uh, experience of his presence um, so that we can actually have confidence when we go home and we're not feeling it necessarily always to keep on doing the good work of uh, worship at home you know a, a praying at home you know studying the word at home. And these things over time they produce within us this uh, this wonderful presence of god so thank you all for joining in us today in your home um, i pray that it's something that you can now take into your day and week and today we are celebrating resurrection day um, this was a day that marked the beginning of brand new creation uh, not simply the day of the resurrection of jesus um, but actually, the reconciliation of the entire cosmos, the entire universe, was reconciled back to God on this day uh, that the Jesus, that the Lord rose again, and so uh, it is a wonderful day. Um, it's also a day because we are not yet together, where we're experiencing somewhat of a you know of a of a disconnect physically. Um, But I pray even today that you experience nonetheless communion in the spirit with one another, certainly with God. Um, And today's uh, message that I want to give today is going to be speaking directly into um, these days. Um, I loved last week, John and Tiffany gathering together at their table at home, Uh, they're their dining room table—the place where they gather together for meals. <clears throat> we, as a family, uh, we made it a point years ago to uh, to intentionally congregate and have meals together, because we knew that our life was going to be, you know, busy at times and it was going to be separate at times. But we knew that if we came together at meals, that we would reconnect and uh and i I, you know if you're like me you you like food you know uh you like gathering together and hanging out and telling stories uh and encouraging one another uh sharing meals it it lets you relax lets you uh, be reminded that you're included uh, that you're part of something uh that you're part of family Uh, and so i really appreciate john and tiffany starting us off in these uh, kind of virtual services like that Um, because around the ta- around the, the, the table uh, there's there's nothing off limits at least in our family we want to make sure that we can be honest with how we're feeling both good and negative negative. and we do challenge one another at our table with those things that sometimes are hard and we see that jesus uh during his passover uh we are in the middle of the passover week he set a table. He had his disciples bring the elements of Passover together, of the lamb and of the bread and of the wine. <clears throat> and he had a, a heart-to-heart with his, uh, with his best buddies, um, with his best friends, uh, with those that had traveled with him uh, a long time. I, I believe there were certainly women in the room like Mary. And so he was gathering his closest around him. And we see <clears throat> from John 13-17 to Jesus talking heart to heart plainly with the folks that, uh, that were around him. And in that time, uh, he was uh, sharing with them the good, you know, which was that, uh, you know ask anything of my name, ask the Father anything of my name, and I'll give it to you. Uh, come to me, let my words dwell in you and abide in you, and, and your joy will be full. Um, and so there's so much good in it. Um, also, he was setting the table for what was to come in a, a difficult way. And, uh, and so today, I, I want uh, us to, to step into that a little bit. Uh, I want us to, to learn how to experience uh, suffering victoriously. And so today, it's, it's really about victorious pain or victorious suffering. And uh, and it's, it's, it's on my heart. I believe it's on the Lord's heart for all of us to be pulled and in, drafted into that. And so I'm just going to start us off with, uh, with a prayer. Um, and if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes for a moment and Uh, Paul the Apostle in the letter of Romans he said that I I longed to be with you so that I could impart to you a gift and that was normally through the laying on of hands and so I want to invite you to do something as you close your eyes if you would just lay a hand on your heart and even right now uh, take a couple moments and become still with Jesus Uh, Jesus you live within us and you've made your home with us that the father himself has has made his home his house in us and through the laying on of hands i ask now that you would fill us afresh with your your spirit your precious holy spirit that you gave as a down payment for our future resurrection and salvation and so father fill us afresh with your presence (laughs) that's good fill us with your comfort fill us with your revelation fill us with your insight Uh, fill us with your happiness comfort us cleanse us even now prepare us for this word jesus you are the way maker you're the one that went before us you've prepared a way for all of us (laughs) and so thank you that you know intimately what our needs are right now as we listen to this And I invite you now to touch every one of our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits, our bodies afresh. As we receive from you courage, uh, life, uh, (laughs) your joy. Ah, Thank you. I love you, Daddy. Amen. Amen. So, uh, you know, our nation is going through a lot right now. Um, And friends, I'm I'm absolutely convinced that uh, that, What's happening, uh, in, as far as like fear and anxiety, um, in the news, um, is is far worse than what's actually happening. Um, that's my personal conviction that um, that a lot of the you know a lot of the news surrounding this is, is being, for different reasons, hyped up. Um, I'm going to share with you a a prophecy that I received uh, from the Lord uh, a couple and a half years ago. I was at a men's gathering, a worship gathering, and, uh, and we were in worship, and, and I had a very vivid vision. And in this vision, I, I saw the Great Wall of China, <clears throat> and, uh, and it was uh, it was atop these mountains. And then the, the Great Wall began to move, and the mountains began to rise up, and I saw that the, the Great Wall was on the back of a dragon, and a huge dragon. And this dragon <clears throat> began to devour the land, the area, and the nations around it. And as it did so, this fire would come out of its mouth and came out of its mouth. But I noticed that it was a fire that the dragon did not want out. Uh, the more the dragon ate of the lands, the more this fire came out and the hotter it became, the more agitated the dragon became at the same time that this fire was increasing. And uh, and I believe that the spirit of prophecy came upon me at that moment. And I, I told the group of men that were there um, and I, I said it, you know, it, it overcame me with emotion. I said it very loudly uh, that in the, the days ahead, what comes out of China, do not be afraid, do not be afraid of what comes out of China and the years ahead, do not be afraid of what comes out of China um because what the the dragon was trying to do in consuming the nations the lord was going to use to bring a fire to the world to purify the world and to bring about the fire of the kingdom of heaven what the enemy was going to try to use to bring about for evil the lord was going to use to bring about for his purposes to advance the kingdom and to bring about a greater revelation of jesus Um, at the time i gave that prophecy um, I, I collapsed on the floor in, you know in, in, in uh, a, a large amount of emotion but when I gave it I, I believed genuinely that it was uh, that it was some political thing that, that China was going to be doing in the years ahead. You know, we see in part and we prophesy in part. But what I believe with all my heart now that that was a word for today, that um, that this dragon, that this coronavirus was being released, uh, that it was something from the enemy and that the Lord was going to use it to bring a purification to certainly the church, but also to the world and a tremendous move of God. Uh, You know, uh, John would say, you know, I baptize you in water and water. But there's one who's coming after me uh, who will baptize you in fire. And that's Jesus. And uh, uh, so in these days, I, I have been so encouraged. Uh, you know, that that word, uh, you know, there's some that are listening to that I think were actually there at that, that meeting. Uh, but that word has encouraged me. But it was something that the Lord put in me also at that time as a deposit, so that in what we're facing today, I'm seeing such opportunity in uh, what we're going through as a nation and what we're going through individually. It is a time of shaking. It is a time of purification. When John the Baptist uh, prophesied that Jesus would come to baptize with fire, that fire is a purifying fire. And sometimes fire burns. You know, uh, there's the burning fire of love and passion we have for Jesus, and that's awesome. There's some Sometimes the fire of God that comes in you're like well dang it that hurts you know and <laughs> so I want to I want to set the stage with you a little bit about this because Jesus also prepared this for us um, he prepared us for times like this at the table that he set for his disciples he was letting people his letting all of us but letting those who he loved the best and, and the most um, he, he loves everyone the most but he had pulled them in tightly And he'd let them know that this was what his heart was and this is what was to come. And in John 16, we see in verse 20, um, right before Jesus was to be crucified, he said, I assure you, you will weep and wail, but the Lord will rejoice at the the crucifixion of the Savior. Uh, You will become sorrowful, but your your sorrow will return with joy and to joy. And when a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. And so you also now have sorrow, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will rob you of your joy. If you're at home, just say that. (laughs) No one will rob you of your joy. And that day you will not ask me anything because you will have everything I need. And so skip down, if you would, in chapter 16 to verse 31. Uh, I'm going to say actually, um, uh, 32. Uh, so Jesus is now speaking directly to his disciples again. And he says, look, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. That's the word for all of us when we're at home, when we're alone. The Father is with you. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then here's the important part. Um, You will have suffering in this world. And so he's plainly telling each one of us, me and you, that we will have suffering in this world. Be courageous though, for I have conquered the world. Be of courage, be of fullness, though, for I have conquered the world. <clears throat> um, Jesus, like uh, a, a mother who's in labor pain, is telling us that, that we will have pains in this world, that we will have sufferings. There'll be times to weep. Through that will come the birth of something amazing. You know, This is a promise of God. You know, And, and he's showing us first that through the resurrection, uh, his best friends were going to lose uh, Jesus. Jesus, wherever he went, the presence of God was, was on him and strong. And if you've been around that presence when you worship here, and you've been around, uh, you know, at, at times when the Lord's presence is very visceral, you feel at peace. You, you feel at home. You feel at joy. I mean, it, it seems like the whole world now is at uh, harmony. It's just good. That presence, that kingdom was on Jesus Massively and so his friends loved being around him obviously because of that and so he was saying hey i'm going to be away i'm going to leave and this caused their heart to be sorrow because of all that that meant like they were going to lose you know their best friend um, and also the presence of god who was with them. jesus was saying though at the same time um, this will be for your good and so you will experience sorrow but there will be joy that comes and so it's a promise that god gives us that through sufferings in christ there will be joy uh, Jesus shows us the pattern of this, even from the very beginning of his ministry. <clears throat> he is baptized. He hears the word of the Father says, uh, say to him, this is my son uh, in whom I'm well pleased, my beloved son. And the Spirit of God came upon him. <clears throat> and this is something that he and all of Israel at that time was eagerly longing for, the, the coming of the Messiah, to bring salvation, to bring deliverance, to bring healing. And with all that excitement, with all that joy, he gets led into the desert uh, by the Spirit of God. And in the place of the, the desert, there was the testing. And, and every way a man can be tempted and tested, Jesus was tempted and tested. Every way that a man can suffer, uh, Jesus uh, suffered. And, and the word suffer, um, I'm, I'm going to nuance a little bit and because that, that's not a word that we use often. But it's one I'm going to say is is, is Pain. Um, the word itself, and I'm going to use another verse here in a few minutes to help give some more clarity to this, but it, it means emotional, psychological, and physical pain. And it also means that the passion of experiencing life in a way that it's not yet supposed to be, you know, and so, um, and so entering into this world, Jesus is perfect love. And He, with all the perfect love and the spirit upon him, goes into a desert where things aren't yet where they're supposed to be, like they're supposed to be. It's, it's a broken world. And perfect love and brokenness experiences pain. And so Jesus was tempted in, in all these ways and, and he came through it uh, by leaning into God by, by trusting in God. Uh, Jesus said that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In the same way that you depend upon food to give you energy and, and you know, uh, physical life, Jesus says in that same way, you know, we, we live according to the words that are coming out of the mouth of God. And so he was living in a constant communion with what the Father was speaking to him through his written word and also through his spirit. And because of that, he showed that he was able to overcome every temptation that is common to all of us. All the pain, psychological, emotional, physical, even as his body was breaking down. Through that suffering came the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he was able to perform his first miracle at that and all of his miracles subsequently after the trials that were in the desert. And so what happened, he's setting before us a model for our life that we're going to be filled with love in the presence of God when we come to know Jesus. Jesus. But then through that, there's going to be testing trials, forms of suffering. As we lean into the Lord, as we trust in him and what he's saying to us, we are able to grow into the power of God coming upon us for whatever it is that he's calling us into. And remember that the first miracle that he performed after his time in the desert was that he turned water into wine. Wine is something that is produced through the crushing of the grapes. It is something that is produced through those grapes being squeezed and pressed. And, uh, and this would mark the entirety of Jesus' ministry. Um, Jesus was full of joy, he was full of peace at all times. He also experienced uh, great you know tension, great turmoil. He would at times become frustrated with his disciples. Uh, he would grieve and weep over Jerusalem. In the garden he was so in anguish as he was preparing for what was going to happen on the cross uh, that he was bleeding uh, through his sweat. And so we see that Jesus's life, Was was the times challenging, but through that came power. It came authority. uh, It brought salvation to us all, and it also, interestingly enough, we see in uh, Hebrews chapter five that his suffering also produced in him obedience, so that he could become perfect, or mature, or lacking in nothing, and whole. And it's a curious thing. We're like, well, wasn't Jesus already perfect, whole, and all these things, and Yes, in one sense, but at the, uh, uh, at the same time, he had to grow into that authority. He was born of the Spirit, and so he was born into a human body that is a physical body, like all of us, that has been given authority over this physical world. From Adam and Eve, we were all given dominion. We were all given the rights to be priests and kings and queens over this whole world. So in order to have authority over the physical world, one who is born in the spirit must grow in obedience and authority over the physical world, world as well. And so while in the spirit he had all authority, he actually had to grow into it in the natural realm. He had to show that the, the prince of the, the power of the air, the Satan himself, He had to show Satan that he had authority over his physical body through what he suffered in gaining obedience so that then, therefore, when the Spirit of God came to transform the physical world, it was from a place of actual authority because he conquered all the testing that had gone over with him in the desert. And so one of the first things I want to highlight to you is that whatever pain we go through, it provides an opportunity for great power and great authority, um, and so this is part of our victorious mindset that we have. Jesus at his last supper is preparing you and me to living for living a victorious, overcoming life. And so he first tells us that there is suffering that will come. Through it, there will be joy. And so like any good shepherd, like any good leader, he wants us to become aware of all that we're going to have to face in order to live this life. And Jesus, through the course of his life, of his ministry, he's preparing all of us for these things. He says, for instance, that you're the light of the world, that wherever you go, you shine what is God's light and truth everywhere you go through how you live your life. That's a huge honor. That's a huge privilege. You are shining lights into people's lives that otherwise wouldn't know what is up or down, right or wrong, or life-giving or not. He also says that you are the salt of the earth. That everywhere you go, you bring about, you know, preservatives. You bring about nutrients. Uh, you bring about the natural minerals that are going to help sustain life and help create life, and, uh, and and at least be the place where you know the, those nutrients are helping to create uh, a preservation of life for our culture. Um, Additionally to that, he says that the kingdom of heaven, which is in you, is like a yeast that uh, that spreads, you know, no matter where you go. Um, And that the kingdom of heaven is like a seed that's planted and you go to sleep and then just, you know, like the tree that grows, it just it grows even while you're at rest. And so he's telling us these things so that we can develop a mindset that can overcome and be conquering in every circumstance that we face. And that's your call. That's your privilege. That is your destiny is to face circumstances with a mindset that is going to bring about God's purposes, his hope, his will. And the pathway through that initially is going to be pain. Not always and not every time, but it is something that Jesus plainly tells us we will experience. Throughout the uh, writings of the New Covenant um, writers, you know, Paul, James, Peter, we have these uh, passages like in Romans 5.3. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, which produces perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope, which does not disappoint. We see in 1 Corinthians 12, um, if um, sorry, 2 Corinthians uh, 2, and this is what I'm going to get to in just a moment. So I'm going to skip on that one. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. As it is, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. And so the point of even the grief that Paul was introducing to them was so that they can have the mindset of Christ. Um, and then so also in Colossians 1, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Um, and so he was willingly rejoicing in sufferings knowing that through the sufferings that he was experiencing, there was a, a power and an authority that was coming upon his life for the sake of the people that he was ministering to. Uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter four thirteen, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So through suffering, as we uh, suffer or experience pain with Christ, we'll experience glory. Lastly, I want to say from James uh, chapter 1, verse 2 and following, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect it's mature and complete, lacking in nothing. And so, one of the fruits that comes out of it also is your true self being revealed. You experiencing Christ and Jesus in you so much that you are fully alive to who you really are. That there's no longer any hiddenness, that you're not wondering, you know, what am I supposed to be doing in life? But through it, you become complete, lacking in nothing. And so these are all words that the New Testament, the New Covenant writers, Jesus himself, are telling us to prepare us for what we experience at times through suffering, through trials. And so the table is set for us. Jesus has done that for us. And what we're experiencing in our nation right now is, uh, is a great shaking. It's, it's wonderful shaking. <laughs> it, it's, it's, man, this is deliverance. And there is a deliverance going on for those who are pressing into the Lord. There is a huge, wide-open door of His grace right now as we press into Him to release the things that were previously holding us back from experiencing who we're supposed to be, power anointing, the joy of the Lord, His glory. This is the season for that. I was telling a friend yesterday, uh, we were going back and forth a little bit about what, our, um, uh, what we're sensing in the Lord and what we're experiencing. And I had told her that, uh, that it's like there's a big open door and I'm called to go through it in the season to, you know, uh, to let go of the former season and step into the new. But in order to do that, at the door, there's a coat to check. And I have to check my coat, my, my, my previous coat, my previous clothes at the door. I can't bring them in with me. In order to pass through this door of what we're going through as a nation right now in the Lord for the season ahead, I've got to be willing to let go of the things, even good things from the past. Each one of us, each one of you are being asked uh, to to, and being invited uh, to experience what what that's like. And each one of you are going to experience this in a different way. Um, I'm going to use a personal example in a second, but before I do that, I want to show you how Paul, uh, Paul the Apostle, experienced this. Now, you know, Paul is one of my heroes. You know, uh, Paul, you know, he died. It seems like he died at least once, maybe a couple times. Uh, he, he, was, he was lashed 39 times, uh, three different times. He was shipwrecked. What, you know, what I love about Paul is that he kept on burning for Jesus. You know, he, he saw the, the dead raised. You know, he, he laid hands on people and they were healed. Um, he saw whole cities like Ephesus come together in revival into awareness of Jesus, that they were throwing their magic books and their spells and these kind of stuff in a, burn, a burning fire. And the whole city got, uh, got caught up in the joy of Jesus. And everywhere he went, he established new communities of faith, and the gospel sprang forth, and the, the glory of Jesus and, and who he is was being revealed at that time. And so, here's a man that I, I have tremendous admiration for and respect for because of how he led such a courageous, bold life. He's le- writing this letter to the, the church at Corinth. And, uh, and the, the church at Corinth, they, they were a wild bunch. The city was established. Uh, for former soldiers of Rome to live in after their service time, and so they retired there. And soldiers at that time especially had a lifestyle that would have been very, you know, loose, so to speak. I mean, they set up brothels in this town. There was a lot of alcoholism uh, from what we see in records. There was temples that were set up to various gods and goddesses. And so it was considered a wild town and also a wealthy town because there was a lot of trading that was going on. When Paul came into Corinth, he planted Jesus into the hearts of the people there, and the Spirit of God poured out powerfully there, and it became a place where the gifts of the Spirit were very vibrantly active, like all the churches at the time were, and all the churches today are called to. And they were experiencing also uh, various forms of of factions and disunity. Uh, Remember they're coming from a culture that was used to hierarchical living and and power struggles. And so it would have been normal for them to say, well, I follow Paul or I follow Peter. I have this gift of the spirit. You have that gift of the spirit and used it as means of of advancement uh, selfishly. And he addressed that in the first letter and said, that's not to be among you. And then around you know, between these letters, there was a group of uh, so-called apostles that came to the church, and they were communicating a way of life in Jesus that was contrary to what Jesus said and Paul lived. And it was a life that was promising you know, um, you know, good things and status, and uh, you know, that there was a super spirituality that you had to live by. And it was not the gospel that Jesus had preached that Paul had preached. And so he's addressing that. And we, we get a chance to see in this letter, Second Corinthians, what I think of is like the apostolic letter. If you want to know what it's like to be an apostle or to live in an apostolic church, which we are, then look at Second Corinthians and what Paul went through for the sake of his love for Jesus. And so he's addressing what it's like now to live this life with Jesus, and he's he hammers them right off the bat. Hey, there's suffering. You know, there's pain that's involved with this. And here's a hero of the faith. You know, he was in jail. He worshiped. The, the jail doors broke open, and he brought salvation at the time. So G- Paul's life is on fire for Jesus, and his life is blessed with Jesus. And so I'm going to read these words, and and I, I trust that all this is bringing you comfort uh, through what you're going through. <clears throat> so in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And so, again, you know, we we see Paul clearly laying out that God is good. He's full of mercy and comfort. You know, we see that in Jesus. You know, he raised the dead, he comforts the poor. And this guy's awesome. He's good. We want him. We like him. Okay. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from god for as the sufferings or the pain of christ overflow to us so through christ our comfort also overflows and so i'm going to pause for a second um paul's describing this principle that jesus laid out in john 16 and lived by all the way from the desert through his entire ministry that when we experience afflictions and pains and sufferings um, it's to receive comfort it's for us to turn to god receive from him comfort so jesus and what he suffered he turned to god and received from god what he needed and obeyed the lord obeyed the father and through that was able to you know produce salvation and the same pattern that paul is given for his life he is experiencing and he's telling people that, you know, there's uh, affliction and that through that we are given comfort. And then that comfort then is to be given away, you know, it's for someone else. And so I'm going to equate here comfort with anointing or comfort with the presence of God, because what comforts us is his presence. And so when we go through some difficulty and we turn to the Lord and we receive from him you know, a, a word in season. We receive from him, you know, love or peace. We receive from him, you know, physical needs at times. That is now something that we have been given from the Father himself, and now we know him, and now we can experience in him. If you remember back, Jesus says that he has come to give us life, and life super abundantly. In the Greek, it's super abundant, abundant so much that people will actually be jealous of the life that you have inside of you. That's, that's literally what it means. So I've come to give you life. You know, you're know, you the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. I've come to give you life abundantly. All right. This life uh, that's within you is in knowing God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, the Son, and whom he sent. And that word to know is to experience God. So in John 17, 3, says, This is eternal life, to know God and experience him. And as you experience God, you are filled with life that is superabundant for every aspect of your life. Paul is saying here that as we are, are suffering, if we go through pain and we turn to the Lord and we receive comfort, that is life. That is God himself. That is him in you that you are receiving from. And now you're this. You're aware like, oh, God's here. I, I didn't know. And suddenly whatever it was that you were suffering is turned to joy in a second. Um, you, you recognize that God's real. He's alive. He, he's full in me. Um, there's been various different times in my life where I've experienced this. Um, John has said before, uh, I'm going to quote him on this, that he called me a rascal. And uh, and bless you, John, with that. That's That was absolutely true. Um, I was a rascal, uh, you know, very much so in my life uh, before really learning how to follow Jesus. One uh, morning in particular, um, I was uh, working uh, out of college and uh, and I, I had a work car and I would travel around and uh, and it was a sales job that I had. One morning I woke up in my work car in the driver's side in a hotel parking lot and I had no idea how I had gotten there. I had gotten so wasted the night before that I was completely out of my mind uh, and, and, and driving and ended up in a hotel parking lot. When I woke up, I recognized that I didn't remember getting here, and I saw the situation, and it terrified me. Um, it, it brought me such deep anguish in my own heart that that I was living this life, and I knew that if I continued on this way, I would die. I was amazed that I wasn't yet dead, and so what I did is uh, in, in that moment, I had this just moment of deep desperation where I, I called out to God, and I said, Father, I I am going to die. I, I am not going to be able to to live in, unless you help me, and unless you know, you you step in. And I, I just it was from the pit of my heart. I just cried out to God. And you know, as a man, I can tell you that 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 was the truest part of who I was, calling out for help. And in that moment, um, from from above, the, the, this this light fills me and fills the, the car that I was in, and uh, and I instantly became sober I instantly had peace um, I instantly felt um, calm and from that day forward um, the you know addiction that I had you know in drinking and partying never again had hold of me uh, I had to break the habit of it but I actually began to experience breakthrough and success from that day forward in every area of my life. And so, uh, I, in that moment, as I was driving home, I was amazed that I was clear thinking, and I had hope, and I had joy, and my, my my mind was just different. I knew that I was a different man from that point forward, and I had great joy in me from that. And so, what was a time of suffering got turned into a moment of joy. And so, that's the that's the grace of God. That's the that's the love of God. Paul is you know he's talking about this, um, and I want to qualify this some people will say well that's paul or that's peter or that's jesus and they're great and they're holy <laughs> I'm sorry but jesus is in whatever suffering you're you're going through whatever pain even if you caused it he's there with you in the middle of it he'll get you out of it you know that that's his call it doesn't matter if you're good or not you know it, all you all it takes is to depend upon him and to just cry out to him you know he didn't come to the righteous he came to save those who are sinners you know he didn't come to those who were healthy he came to the sick and so I just would challenge that thought that you may have, well, you know, these people suffering in the scriptures, that's not like me. I'm not holy like they are. I'm like, that's a lie. Uh, I'll break that off in you in Jesus' name because I've experienced that in my life. You know, him in the midst of my sin, bring about relief. So so we're going to go through with it now. Um, in verse six, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. So as we grow um, additionally, we will experience times where we begin to suffer for others. <laughs> and, and this is a really, really big deal. Elizabeth and I were talking about this uh, this morning, how, um, you know, we, we get called into something. Um, in her case, called into, you know, being a mother of five and homeschooling. And it's for the sake of love that she's doing what she's doing. It's for the sake of love that you're doing what you're doing at, at work. Maybe you're at a job that you don't like, but you know that it puts food on the table but you feel God's calling you to it. And it's also for the person next to you at the cubicle. Or, you know, maybe you, you're the, the, the place where you're called to in life isn't providing a ton of money or status, but you know that it's a place where it's providing you, know, you to, to show who Jesus is in all ways. And so whatever we're called into, at times we'll experience a form of suffering that the world sees as pain or affliction because of our love for the Lord and for those that we're serving. And as we receive that, we, we can take on and feel a little bit of what they're feeling, of their burdens and the difficulties, but we do so to receive comfort for ourselves and to show them that what we're going through for them is to bring about his goodness and also to show who Jesus is to them and for them. So that it's a principle that I'm trying to hammer at with you guys. Um but, 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 but. So, and so in verse seven, um And our hope for you is firm because we know that as you share in these same sufferings, you will also share in this comfort. The comfort was so great to Paul, so great to Jesus. Jesus saw that what he was going to go through at the cross was terrible, but he said, but for the joy set before him, he endured it. And so Paul is saying, hey, listen, through this, it's so amazing what you'll experience in Jesus. My hope is that you'll join with me in what I'm going through. And here's what he goes through. For we don't want you to be unaware, brothers, in verse 8, of our affliction that took place in Asia. We were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired of life. Indeed, we personally had a death sentence within ourselves that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. I'm going to pause and go back over this a few times. So, he was saying that the affliction that took place in Asia, he was completely overwhelmed. Some people will say that God won't give you more than you can handle. That's not true. Um, th- that's not true at all. The, the experiences that we go through in life will sometimes be completely overwhelming to us. Uh, the, according to Paul, the, uh, the experience that he had of being completely overwhelmed and despairing beyond our strength in the, um, in the Greek, the word there is psychological and emotional and even also physical um, you know burdens or pain um, and so like it's like psychological anguish emotional heartache uh, physical torment at times Paul was saying that this is this is his experience what he was going through in following Jesus was causing him exceedingly great anguish of heart and um, And so, you know, again, this is one, you know, Paul, we've studied him in recent weeks in our congregation. Paul was the one that was saying that, you know, that we are one in Christ, that we are co-laborers with him. We are co-resurrected with him, that all the spiritual blessings in Christ are in us. And so that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, like all these things, inheritance, fullness, life. Woo, it's amazing. Paul is the champion of that. He's the champion of the goodness of God, of the grace of God. He's the champion of that. We are forever seated with Christ in the heavenlies, right there next to him, right there in him. This is Paul, the same Paul saying, in the midst of this, I'm experiencing also, at times, anguish, psychological, emotional. At other places, he would say, fears within and fears without. The experience sometimes of following Jesus at times will be anguish, pain, these type of things. And here's the point of it, what he says. Indeed, we personally, and he despaired even of life. So that's an important point to make. Uh, he, he, even, uh, he even did not want life. He, he hated it. He's like, oh, this is just, uh, this is terrible. Um, indeed, we personally had a destiny. He felt like they were in the grave. He felt like he was dying. That he was supposed to die. And friends, there are times where it'll seem a bit even perplexing to you that, you know, I'm following Jesus. I know that I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm doing what he's calling me to do. And yet I feel this. This passage is for you. If in these days of the nation being shaken, you yourselves are finding like pain, you know, you're seeing friends and loved ones go through pain, you're experiencing at times fear, you're seeing uh, leaders or those that are in our, our, our government, you know, not, not always be able to come up with a, the right thing at the right time. And you're like, well, what's going to happen? And, and that can bring about pain for us. Um, you know, what, what's the future going to look like? It's such good news when we experience this in Christ, because here's what Paul says. In ourselves, we experience this, this decens, and this is the most important part, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. <laughs> so here's Paul, a hero of the faith, bold, walking into places where he was going to die, or you know, the threat of it was there, and is saying still there was places in his heart where he wasn't trusting in God, <laughs> where he was still trusting in himself. So the experience that he was going through, the psychological pain, the emotional pain that he was going through, the purpose of it was that so he would no longer trust in himself. He would get to the place of surrender and say, I don't get this. So that he could trust in God. And then here's his declaration of faith. So that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. And so in the midst of what he's going through, admits what he's feeling so he's feeling these terrible things he says out loud i trust in god who raises the dead and he has delivered us from such a terrible death and he will deliver us (sighs) we have put our hope in him that he will deliver us again and then he asked the people there to join him in prayer so paul has such confidence in what jesus had set the table for that you're going to experience trials but take courage for i have overcome the world so that he could go through it and say i'm experiencing these things i don't like it I, i actually don't feel like i want to live right now however i'm going to let those emotions stay in this place i'm going to declare by faith that god's going to raise me up from the dead and he will and he has wow as that happens so what paul was doing Paul was not letting his emotions or the experience of the time, even what was going on in his body, define his identity in Christ. And this is for you. Last week, uh, John and Tiffany had such an excellent message on what to do with our minds and where to let it rest. Jesus in the desert, he's being told by the devil, you know, if you're a son or do this, do that. And Jesus said, I don't live on what you're saying. I don't live on even this bread, but I live on what God's saying. So he anchored his faith He anchored his will in what God was saying. Through that, he received power, authority, anointing. Through that, Paul receives comfort. Through that, we receive glory. Through that, Jesus received obedience. Obedience, by the way, is the gateway into intimacy because obedience is a choice. We're not slaves. We choose whether or not to obey. When we obey, it's out of love, and that produces within us intimacy. And so I'm going to try to break it down a little bit for you even more to help this really land at home with you. Um, in this season, you know, everything is slowing down, hopefully for you, you know, hopefully there's a, a season of rest. It's like a, a Selah moment. Um, you know, we we are, um, you know, kind of being forced to take the stock and to slow down. I would encourage you, friends, that in this season, the wisdom of God is for you to take a break, to slow down, to say la, to rest, and to pay attention to what you're experiencing, to what you're thinking, to what you're feeling. Paul, in, the, in what he was going through, was able to articulate exactly what he was feeling. <clears throat> it was psychological pain, it was emotional pain, and he got really specific to the point where I, I despair of life. And so what we see with... Paul is that he was willing to let himself become vulnerable. He was willing to share the emotions with his people that he was going through. This is a man that was the apostle for the whole area of Corinth. This is one who had uh, planted the church. This was their leader. And he was saying, listen, I am experiencing psychological, emotional, spiritual, physical, pain i, I don't even want to live right now I, I experience like this death sentence within me and so if, if paul is willing to say you know hey listen this is what i'm experiencing and this is what the world might say is weakness then it is a good idea to become aware of what it is that we are feeling if jesus would experience in the garden you know his need for people to pray with him uh, because of the anguish that he was going through it's good for us to become aware of what it is that we are going through and so I want to invite you into this season that, uh, that what we are called into right now is to slow things down. Um, there is a, a holy selah moment that I believe that God has over our nation. This time of rest, of, of slowing down, of taking stock, of paying attention to how you're feeling. I, I believe that that is wisdom for today. Wisdom for this season is to pause Become aware of what you're thinking, feeling, and what your actions are in response to what circumstances, and to see if there's any actions, feelings, thoughts that are instead of responding as opposed to um, responding from the Word of God. So, responding to the world as opposed to responding to the Word of God. And so, what we do in that is that we we slow down. And so, if uh, you know, if you hear a report or hear some news. About What's going on with the coronavirus or our economy or government and it causes a reaction in you. For instance, maybe you're a small business owner and you have people that are looking to you to provide or maybe you have a family that is dependent upon you to put food on the table and you're you're, you're naturally feeling either afraid or maybe one of the things you feel is you're a failure. And so I would commend you to take stock of that, to become aware of how you're feeling, to slow down and say, all right, I'm feeling this in response to this world. In the same way that Paul would say in response to these circumstances, here's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling emotional, psychological pain. I'm feeling a disparity of life. In the same way that Jesus would, you know, experience the pain in the garden and what he was going through, bring these things to the light. They are feelings, they are thoughts, and they don't define you, okay? We know that in Paul was everlasting abundant life because that's what jesus says in, in him what's inside of you is success is faithfulness is this is my beloved son my my you know good job good and faithful servant and so failure is not true but we'll, we'll feel it and we'll think it and so we take that thought that feeling and we as christians we give up the right to feel or to think things that are contrary to the word of god and so we surrender that to the father we give that to him and we say lord instead i trust in you i ask that you would fill me now with what you say fill me now therefore with the the peace that comes with being successful the joy that comes with being beloved and completing a job well done the 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 confidence of being provided for because you are my provider and so the thinking would go that it's on me to provide. And that's a thought that we let go of in the season. No, Jesus, you are my provider. You are the one that does this. I see that my thoughts are based on what I think, uh, that, you know, that I'm the one that has to shoulder the responsibility that it's not on you, that it's on me. I repent of that. I give that to you. Paul was saying through this that in some way, some place in his heart, he was trusting in himself. And so if Paul's going to have opportunities in times like that, so also should we. And again, what comes through that is the comfort of God himself within us, that we realize that it's him who is always within us. We declare over that circumstance, you know what? God will provide. You know what? God will show himself to be true in my life. You know what? God will show ourselves to be successful. Um, God is going to raise up the dead in this circumstance. And so you can feel these things and we surrender it, but then we make a declaration of who God is for us and who we are in him. God's gonna raise the dead, Paul says. Jesus at his uh, Last Supper, the table that he said, he said, you're gonna experience much suffering. But like a pregnant woman, you also therefore have joy and you'll forget about the suffering after that. And so in the same way, make a declaration. This season is for my joy. This season is for the restoration and resurrection of my marriage. It's for my 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 kids and I getting along better. It's for me having developing better solutions uh, with my, my my work, with deepening myself in wisdom and in the discipline and delight of Jesus. Whatever it might be for you that is coming up through this season, like a coat that you've been wearing before, take it off, give it to Jesus, and then receive as you walk through that door His presence, a new garment, so to speak, and a a new refreshing uh, way of looking at life. I I sincerely believe through this season that that we as a church, as a nation, are not going to be the same. We we are not going to have the normal from the past for tomorrow. I, I, I just believe that and I actually don't want that for us. I believe there has been such a reset, a, such a grace in these days for us to realign our lives according to God and his presence, that if we are going to draft into what God has for us, we need to think about our lives differently going forward. And that's going through every aspect of our life here with me in ministry, in my, my, my life with my uh, wife at home with Elizabeth and the girls. We are recalibrating. We are resetting any area that has been shaken in this. We say, thank you, God, for it. I need to receive from you now your presence, your comfort, and these kind of things. And so, to try to come up with some, you know, real practical examples of this um, over the course of, uh, you know, uh, we we have we have several people like Benny Johnson that's in our, um, you know, our, our world. We she had a, a wonderful book about uh, eating healthy and eating right. The Lord has spoken to her and said, listen, I I want you in this for the long haul. I think that was the word the Lord gave to her. And so she started doing a study of the things that she was eating and of exercising. And so she readjusted her life. You know, she started eating better. She started exercising right so that she could physically live the life that the Lord wanted to. And so that's a great example for that. Um, You know, I I love basketball and watching basketball. There was a player named Lonzo Ball. Uh, He now plays for the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. And he came out of LA, uh, you know, got picked by the, the Lakers, and he was he was super All Star with his handle with uh, with his passing, um, and so he was elite on a point guard level on those areas. But they wouldn't guard him when he came up the court because he couldn't shoot, and it really hindered his uh, his basketball. And so over the the next years, what he did is that he broke down his, uh, you know, his shooting form. Um, He he took it apart and then he reassembled it so that he could shoot better. And now he's actually shooting great. He was before the break, you know, um, you know, and so he took stock of what was not working in his life and he readjusted it. And so it's practical things like this. You know, if you're not feeling the presence of the Lord in your day-to-day life, maybe it's, I need to spend more time uh, just soaking in His presence and worshiping Him. Maybe it's going outdoors and enjoying uh, God and nature. Whatever it is for you where you're finding a connection, uh, readjust your life. And then when this whole corona thing blows through, um, don't go back to to what you used to do. Um, When we, you know, when we are born in the Spirit, We bring the spiritual kingdom to earth and we have to manifest it physically. When we do that, there is much opposition to it because this world system is not based on the kingdom of Jesus yet. It will be. But for now, we have to fight through that. And so we are given a calling just like Jesus was. And then we begin to bring it into existence and it hurts sometimes. There are things that are shaken in our life sometimes. But we, with the resolve of Jesus and the Spirit of God in us that overcomes all things, we declare, this is what I'm doing. This is what my family's gonna be like. This is what my work is gonna be like. This is what my devotional life is gonna be like. And so if you're finding it to be refreshing, to have more time at home, when the break ends, so to speak, if I could say that, <laughs> spend more time at home you know, don't stop that. If you're finding that you're having great times with the Lord through morning devotionals through this season, don't stop that. If you're finding that you're having more time face-to-face with your kids, your wife, your friends, and you're actually being vulnerable and having discussions about things you hadn't had before, don't stop that. Keep doing that. If you're walking your dog around the park more, whatever it is, find these things and do it. Um, For the bosses that are out there, the the small business owners, you know, look for ways to incorporate the grace that you're experiencing now into your work environment. You know, maybe it's praying over them. Maybe it's sharing them, you know, the comfort that you've received this, this season. So, friends, whatever that is for you, um, this season that we'll experience together as sometimes pain and suffering is meant to be for your victory. It's meant for you to receive greater anointing, greater authority, greater sense of his glory, greater fellowship with him, greater uh, comfort. It is meant to bring your glory and ultimately your full revelation of who you are as a person. That's the purpose of it. It brings character, it brings endurance, and these things are eternal in their value. So, I pray that this has been able to encourage you and to let you know that as Christians uh, throughout history, we of all people in the midst of suffering have the greatest hope, have the greatest reason for hope, have the greatest experience of hope. And I, I pray this gives you courage to step into any darkness in the future, any fearful situation in the future, knowing that through it, God will see you through and he'll fulfill his word over your life. So that's a promise that's the word for your today. So I'm going to pray over you and that you'd receive it now with the joy that Jesus intended when he said these words in John 16 at his table that he set before us all. So let me pray. <laughs> uh, Father, I- I'm so grateful to you. Uh, so grateful to be a part of this community, this victorious community, uh, this community of believers who we have set the very best of jesus before us as the goal that we are attaining to i thank you lord that suffering is not our identity it's a tool it's a tool for us to grow into the fullness of jesus and so i pray father that whatever you're shaking in our lives right now whatever uh, you know pain that we're going through whatever psychological emotional pain whatever physical pain even we're going through right now Father, I I, I thank you that that's not our identity. I thank you that that has no power over us. That's not defining us. I thank you that that is being shown in the season to be a weak idea, to be a weak power. And so I break it off, every one of us, in the name of Jesus, that if they're feeling stuck if they're feeling that they can't get through fear, if they're worried about tomorrow, if they're not knowing who they are through this season because they can't be around others, but I break those things off and I release over them these words from Jesus. Be of good courage, for you have overcome the world in Christ. Be filled with joy, for this is for your comfort. Be filled with joy, for this is for your glory. Be filled with joy, for this is for your true self to rise up at this hour. And become a daughter, become a son, and know who you are in Christ. Unshakable, steadfast, full of character, the ability to persevere, full of hope for all who get to know you. Father, I release this. I release this confidence, this unshakable perseverance in you, this joy, Lord, to stare into the midst of a dragon and proclaim to it, this will be for your end and our benefit. This will be for the fire that burns you up. And it'll be for the fire that purifies us and reveals Jesus in these days. And so I'll release the fire of God over every heart, every every soul, every every home that is listening to this. I declare that you are being baptized by the fire of Jesus through this season, and it is for your purification, it is for your love to be so hot that it becomes contagious, that everywhere you go, people want the God who is in you, because you have overcome this season with great joy and great hope, that you have laid aside the things in the past, whether it's a sinful thought or a sinful pattern, or even just a defining emotion, that you will be able to lay those aside in this season, and they've, therefore you will be able to run this race fast and fleet because you're light you're unburned you're able un- unburned you're able to run exactly where Jesus has you to run in all things. Father, I declare this over Your people, Lord, the the people that you have given me a charge uh, over, Lord, I declare this over them, Lord. This is my heart for them. This is why you've caused all of us at times to suffer so that we could experience comfort together as a community. And so, Father, I declare a unity in the spirit right now for our body, that what we're experiencing together collectively will unite us in the days ahead, that we'll be able to come forward and say, look at what God did through Corona 2020. Look at what he did in building this up as a body, as a church. We overcame this together by our prayers our prayers. By the blood of Jesus, by our testimony of faith, that we are overcomers, that you are the resurrector of the dead. And today, Lord, on Resurrection Sunday, I declare over every circumstance, resurrection in the name of Jesus, that every spirit must bow before the name of Jesus and get away from the people's lives that are holding them back. I declare over them breakthrough and freedom. Father, I thank you that this resurrection life is unstoppable and has never, ever been quenched in the course of history. And we are a unique and peculiar people that will see the goodness of God today in the land of the living and in the days ahead with solutions for our nation, with the declared word of God over them that they can have hope no matter the season, that there's wisdom for our leaders. And so I thank you for these things, God. Let us now have your peace. Let this Selah rest extend into every aspect of our lives so that we come out of this always and forever in a place of rest, full of power and zeal in Jesus. Father, I love you. I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) All right, friends. (laughs) I got fired up. I love you very much, and I look forward to seeing you and giving you a big hug when I uh, see you next. All right, bye-bye.